season two, episode six of Scott Survive Survivor. My name is Brandon Weber, and today I will be talking about episode six of Survivor the Australian Outback called Trial by Fire. And with me, as always, is the man who uh, is unspoiled with Survivor, going through it for the first time, and some might refer to him as a Hershey bar, I hear. Is that correct, Scott? I ain't no Hershey bar. I just want to set the record straight. I ain't no Hershey bar. I People have called me that. It's not true. Okay. I'm sorry if that offended you. I won't, I won't do it again. <laughs> I don't know how these rumors keep getting out that I'm a Hershey bar. I'm not. And I want to set the record straight with this podcast. All right. I think the record has been set straight now. So nobody, nobody come at me and tweet asking about how the Hershey bar is doing, okay? It's Scott, okay? Yeah, use, use his name. Uh, and this is a fun episode that we get to talk about today. Um, fun and also quite shocking and intense compared to most of the Survivor episodes thus far. It's the most shocking thing I've ever seen on Survivor, maybe TV, ever. I don't watch a lot of TV, though, so... And I think a lot of people, most people who watch this live, of whom I am not uh, in that group because I didn't start watching live until season three, but this is one of the most famous moments in Survivor history. Whoa. This was a big deal. I'm pretty sure that Mike Scoopin was on the, like, a, the morning show or the early show the next day talking about like giving an update on how he's doing. And this was a huge deal. Uh, Mike Scoopin is at the end of this episode going to pretty much just fall into the fire, burn his hands, and have to be evacuated from the game. And this was a huge deal. Yeah, it was utterly, utterly shocking. Uh, Even though it's a 20-year-old show, I had no idea this was going to happen. I thought they were just building it up for some... Like I I think I I predicted Roger would have heat stroke, and he'd kind of be okay. I think I said he wouldn't be back, but... I thought he would, it would, you know, he gets meds for a day, get some water, and he's fine. And but no, this is a completely serious injury. It feels like, in a way, Survivor has lost its innocence through this because now we are seeing the fact that it's like, oh, this is like, this is this is a reality show. Like this is this is emphasis on the real. You know, like the bad stuff can happen to these people, and it's terrifying. And I. We, we watched this episode together. I, I, we were just sitting, you knew what was going to happen, but it felt like we were both just kind of sitting there in horror watching the events unfold. Yeah, it's one of those moments where as many times as I watch it, it still has like that part, uh, some of that shock value of watching it for the first time, I think. It's just so, his mic screams and it's so jarring and then you know he's diving in the water and you can tell he's in so much pain Mm. and yeah like you said it just shows how real it actually is and that this isn't just like you know pretend a fun show for tv and i think you predicted that mike would be the winner uh in our last episode so you should have seen it coming that something if it was going to happen to anyone it was going to be mike yeah but i i i honestly started liking mike before he fell into the fire in this episode so i think he he wouldn't have been my choice to begin with if i if i knew he was you know maybe a little less insane 
which he it certainly came off as less insane in this episode to me right yeah so it's a pretty human moment from mike and from everybody on kucha Mm -hmm. when he falls into the fire so we have a lot to talk about before that event happens though so let's jump right into the earlier stuff in this episode because there is a lot of great stuff before uh the mike falling into the fire incident and we're going to start with some heavy rain on kucha when they're returning from tribal council and basically roger says many of them wore their clothes that they usually sleep in Mm -hmm. to tribal and they're all soaked and so they're really going to struggle to sleep and their fire went out while they were at tribal should they have just left their fire out scott Yes, they should have done that if they were future seers. That definitely would have been the best play. Yeah. But they have candles that they're going to light, and I I didn't know where they got these candles. It was interesting to me that they had candles. And they're going to be there at the end when they're praying, and it actually creates this cool moment where there's all these candles lit around them. But I don't know where they got these candles from definitely production thought it would be a dramatic touch and they just started setting candles down around the camp for the survivors to find you think they were hidden around the camp like a little like easter egg hunt like easter eggs yeah interesting okay maybe that's true maybe we'll see candles on ogakor and like (laughs) they just haven't found their candles yet and we get a quote from mike the next morning about how it's amazing how eight city people can live off the land for 15 days. And he says, looking back, knowing that Mike didn't pass away from this event, it's kind of funny, this quote about, he says, not only food-wise, but shelter-wise and safety-wise and heat-wise, they've been able to live off the land. Ooh. I feel like Ooh. production was just licking their chops, like <laughs> p- putting this quote in this episode. I, I mean, I never made that connection. Maybe it's easier to make if you knew it was going to happen, but that is uh, an unfortunate coincidence. Uh, but it's it's kind of cool to get that perspective. He says he's a changed man here, and after two weeks of being there, uh, and he clearly feels an attachment to his tribe, even though it doesn't seem like it sometimes when he's talking about how he wants to get rid of the foods that they depend on him. That's crazy people stuff. But I think, yeah, he's coming in this scene. He comes across more human, which made me like him more. But also by the end, obviously, at, when he was on the stretcher and he was maybe kind of high, he came across as much more human. Yeah. Well, he says if he lasts another 16 days, who knows what's going to happen to him? And we still don't. We still don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't. They ha- I mean, they there's no way he comes back they haven't actually said in the episode that he doesn't come back but i think it's fair for me to assume and maybe you to confirm that he does not return to this show at least in survivor capacity right well the note as a survivor the note to ogakor said that the five ogakor members will continue to the merge and oh, they did. Yeah, jeff right. jeff talks about how we were going to beat them, but we're going to, like, the five of us are going to have to do it on our own. So, yeah, That's I think right. I feel safe saying that you, you're correct that uh, Mike Scoopin <laughs> no longer a, an eligible candidate for the million dollars and sole survivor title for this season. Yeah. It, it, I guess it was kind of unspoken before, but it was also, it was always like the way I figured anybody could get 
off the show is by getting you know voted off but it's also like you actually do have to survive the elements and the dangers if you get hurt seriously you're off by default as well which kind of raises the stakes for me that's it's it's kind of exciting i'll say it yeah i think it was interesting either last episode or the episode before you asked about whether there's ever anything that happens where production mm-hmm. needs to be involved and i was kind of like this is an interesting <laughs> time for scott to be asking that question and i think this was confirmation that yes sometimes things do happen where production is involved off camera and on camera as yeah, well yeah pretty heavily featured on camera in this episode right yeah they're unnamed but uh they were they were a huge part of this episode heroes, heroes. i'll say it yeah there you go uh, jeff is going to talk here about how Kucha is a cocky group and it's fun to beat Ogacore and make fun of it because they are taking all their food and Ogacore is complaining about not having anything to eat. Is this swaying the scales towards not liking Jeff even more than Mike? Oh, absolutely. I think last episode he was the one that was like, we're going to rip their heads off and bite their legs or whatever. Yeah, this this guy's definitely... Uh, tipping the scales uh, to being less likable than Mike and way more insane. And I know last episode I had some strong words for Ogacore and how I liked seeing them fail over and over again. It was, and I, I didn't root for them even though they're the underdog. I regret a lot of those words after Jeff agreed with me. And now I'm kind of going the other way. I'm like, you know what? I don't really like Kucha either. Oh, man. I don't want either of them to win. Wow. <laughs> Well, that's just setting yourself up for disappointment. So right. you, you should at least pick one of them. I want both of them to lose there. I will get half of what I want. That's true. Nine of the remaining people will lose. So <laughs> that's that's also true. And we're going to go to Ogacore and have, I think, a very fun scene mm. where Amber and Jerry are talking about <laughs> food, specifically how much the other tribe is eating, and also about how much Jerry wants chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, she really wants chocolate. It's so uncomfortable. Um for for me, it's but I I can't imagine what her tribe was. Mainly Colby uh was thinking standing nearby listening to them talk about chocolate. Yeah, and uh, Colby's going to say that they're not really thinking about chocolate uh here in this scene. Basically, Jerry in my wildest fantasy, picture pouring hot chocolate all over some hot dude's bod and having sex while licking it off at the same time. And this is not, this is a very unexpected quote from Jerry. And Colby knows that, well, Colby's uncomfortable because she wants, she has a thing for Colby and wants him to be the, the object of this fantasy. Yeah, it does appear that way. But that does lead to amazing quotes from Colby about not being anybody's Hershey bar. Yes, he first says that... It's just making for a very uncomfortable camping trip. Yeah. Which is great. (laughs) And then he goes into the... I may be a lot of things, but I ain't no Hershey bar. (laughs) And I feel like we get a little bit of a meltdown from the Colbster here. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> the Colpster's having a bit of a meltdown. But he could just walk away. I mean, there's a lot of places to go in the Australian outback. 
uh, if you're if he's really having trouble listening to it. I certainly was and would ho- was hoping he would walk away so we wouldn't have to see that in the background. But no, he stayed there and we listened. And I want to play a little game here on the podcast with some uh, some of the things that Amber and Jerry are yelling out. And so oh one of these things is not like the others, and you're going to have to tell me which one it is. <laughs> okay. Peppermint Patty, mm-hmm. Snickers, mm-hmm. Kit Kat, mm-hmm. Milky Way, M&M's, Reese's Cup, Meatball Sub. Okay. Uh one of those is not a candy from what i can tell one of them is actually an italian sandwich very fattening high in calories delicious but yeah a lot different from the others is it the meatball sub it is the meatball sub scott you've won the game yes And I think this drives Colby over the edge and he yells, This is ridiculous, man. That's driving me nuts. Bring on Coochie. Get rid of these goons and let's get something going. This is crazy. Well, that might be foreshadowing as well because I'm pretty sure Kucha is going to destroy them after words spoken in this episode. At least they're going to try very hard to. Yes, they are. And Colby wastes no time in bringing the mood down telling Jerry and Amber that they're having white rice for dinner again today. (laughs) You know what? Rice is not that bad. I'd put rice right up there with the meatball sub, honestly. How about with uh, Snickers? No. If if you eat rice when you're in a bad mood, it's not going to put you in a good mood. Right. It doesn't quite release those same endorphins as chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. But I would spread rice... Never mind. Nope, not going there. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, on Kucha, they're also going to have a food-related scene, and they've started eating chicken feed. And I don't know if they referred to it this in this way in the episode, but I think the term for what they were eating now is called Kucha corn, uh, has been termed that by either the survivor fandom or they said it in the episode and i didn't hear it but they're gonna eat some kucha corn which is chicken Uh feed and it's popcorn scott it's popcorn it's popcorn come over here scott it's popcorn wait what is that over there brandon it's popcorn popcorn it is popcorn it's popcorn whoa yeah they were so excited about the fact that there was popcorn in what, where did this chicken feed come from? Did I miss that? So they must have got it in the reward with the chickens to feed, to keep the chickens alive. Yeah. yeah, and some of those kernels were popping, and that was so incredibly exciting to everybody. Popcorn, I have to... I mean, listen, I would be excited too. It's not. It can't be much more nutritious than uh, a grain of rice, a singular popcorn kernel that's popped, but, you know... It's it's fun, I guess. I'll let them have it. They were too excited about it, but they've been out here for two weeks. I think it's more fun than nutritious, and it was just mm. exciting that they like found out how to make something on their own, really. <laughs> yeah. But Very Alicia's kind of worried that they might 
find out later that something was in it that gives them eight nipples and makes them lay eggs like chickens. So yeah. hopefully that doesn't happen. Well, that's how the chickens got that way. They ate the chicken feed and then it turned them more chickenly. So she's on to something there, mm. I think. Wow. Well, we'll see. T- check back in in a, in a few episodes and see how they see how the Kucha members are doing. Mm-hmm. And of course, Mike wants to kill the chickens so that they don't have to eat the feed anymore. Yeah, that I feel like he's already discussed uh, motivations for wanting the chickens dead. So I'm not sure if that's 100% true. Maybe he's just trying to align uh, a motive with the tribes to kill the chickens. But but yeah. He does come across as fun by suggesting that the, t- the chickens should die so they can have more popcorn. Right. And sticking with the food theme, Jerry on Ogacor is going to try to make some fried green tomatoes. Mm-hmm. But Keith says he doesn't think that that's a good idea because they're cherry tomatoes and you're not supposed to make fried green tomatoes with cherry tomatoes and she should just wait for them to ripen and then they mm-hmm. could eat them and they would be really good. Yeah, he's very passionate about this. Um, I don't agree with Keith on many things, but I actually think I do agree with him here. I've always been a large proponent of uh, cooking cookie dough instead of just eating it raw. It's so close to being cookie form. It's going to be more delicious like that. And people, sometimes they just opt to eat raw dough. And I don't I don't get it. Just wait. It's It's 10 minutes away from being a cookie. <laughs> I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> I heard it here first. A fried green tomato is basically like eating cookie dough. It is. Yeah. And Colby is going to be irritated with this Jerry Keith rivalry. And so is Tina. Uh, but I did like Colby's quote about how they're like two alley cats scratching at each other. They're fighting over fried green tomatoes, of all things. They fought over way less. They fought over how the rice is cooked so it's not really that surprising to me and it's actually how the rice is cooked their fight about that that tina that causes tina to burst out and tell them that they're both going to go to time out if they don't stop <laughs> yelling at each other yeah yeah that's true yeah that's a pretty fun moment where tina just can't take it anymore and she just yells at them stop it both of you or you're going to time out and says that it, to us, she says it's not her place to tell them to go to timeout, but being around Jerry is like walking around, walking on eggshells, and you just can't say anything wrong, or she'll just be right on your your case about it in her, I guess, passive aggressive way. Yeah, yeah, that was so funny. This episode was so entertaining for the f- just immediately, just right out the gate, it was just funny thing after silly thing, just happening. They really just wanted to set us up for a total train crash at the end of the episode yes they did and they they were very successful at doing that i think (laughs) oh yeah and we're gonna go to tree mail for the reward challenge on ogacore and of course jerry and amber are very excited at the prospects of a picnic for the winner of the challenge and part of the clue says that to see who's afraid of the dark or something and Tina says that she's not afraid of the dark so they have a good chance to win this challenge but Ogakor is not going to spend much time preparing for the prospect of leading each other through the dark <laughs> but uh, on the other hand Kucha 
is going to do a lot of practicing, or at least we're showing them practicing a lot with Nick leading the tribe around. Yeah, it was cool. It was impressive to see how closely Kucha matched the idea of the challenge without actually fully knowing what it was. They blindfolded themselves, and I I don't think the challenge explicitly stated they would be blindfolded. Just They, they just thought they'd be in the dark. Right, I think uh, they... I think on Ogacore, they thought it might be an, a challenge at night. But nope, it's during the day. It's just that everybody's going to be blindfolded. And Ogacore is going to do yoga instead of actually practice leading somebody around blindfolded. Yeah, the way they cut the show here definitely was intentional in how it highlighted how little Ogacore was doing to prepare. They were basically just lazing around. I mean, I, yoga can be extraneous. I'm not saying it's easy, but Kusha was literally preparing for the challenge. And you have to wonder if Ogakor had prepared a little more, if it would have gone a different way. I don't know. Well, the challenge is going to be very close. So it's yeah. not beyond, like, it, it's reasonable to say that they might have won if they practiced even a little bit, half as much <laughs> as Kucha did. Mm -hmm. And Jerry says that Kucha doesn't deserve this reward and it would be nice if they threw it for Ogacore. Hmm. And to me, doesn't this show that Ogacore doesn't deserve the reward if they just want Kucha to throw it for them? Yeah, if if that happened, they certainly wouldn't uh, deserve it at all. Right. I mean, they didn't earn it in any capacity. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Jerry, I don't know. She's J Jerry or Jeff, th these are my least favorite people through this episode. I'm going to have to pick one of them, I, I guess, by the end. Yeah. And we're going to get to the reward challenge. And it's very fun at the beginning of this because Jeff is going to bring out a sample of the reward, which right. is one Doritos chip for each tribe. And a Tina single... is very excited. <laughs> well, yes, we've seen uh, that this is something she craves for regularly. Uh, but... Yeah, one chip for... What's up with that? That's so little. Just give them a chip for each person. What's the big deal? Come on. It's just a taste, Scott. They can't give them uh, the whole bag, you know? Yeah, you're right. It's probably pretty hard to procure way out there, too. Yeah. Yeah, don't waste the reward chips on the losing <laughs> tribe. Yeah, that is a good point. That's five chips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I'm I'm back on the one chip team. All right, glad I convinced you of that. <laughs> and we get the great do the do baby from Jerry when he pulls out the Mountain Dew. They probably were coached on you got to do the slogan for Mountain oh. Dew. Somebody's oh, got to no. yell it out. Uh, pro is that was is that I I don't I'm not familiar with sodas and their slogans. Is that still the Mountain Dew slogan? I don't know. I don't know if it's still the slogan. Was it before? I, I think it was. Yeah. Do, do the, do. the do. Yeah. Do the do. That is, that is creative. Wow. <laughs> do the do. <laughs> yeah. And I did notice on the credits that they list the sponsors for the episode, and Mountain Dew and uh, Doritos are right there. So. Yeah, I feel like Mountain Dew's uh, strategies of advertising haven't really changed in 20 years because it feels like they have very aggressive, just just put our face wherever it can go. We just want our name to be out there. This yeah. is a drink people can drink. Yeah. it's I would, I would think not a very good thing to drink if you're trying to survive in the wilderness. I think you should go for water, but it's just me. 
Yeah, I would go for water most of the time. I think as well. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even like soda, so I guess that maybe maybe I'm not the right person to confirm that. I don't way. either. Yeah. Well, maybe we're not the right people to critique the drinking of Mountain Dew then. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. And they're going to have a challenge where one member on each tribe is directing the others who are blindfolded. And they're going to have to do a bunch of tasks. And I'm not going to spend too much time going through all these tasks, but were there any moments in this challenge that stuck out to you when you watched it? Yes. When, first of all, it they were not great at guiding each other. I think there was a moment where maybe it was Kucha. I think it was Ogakor actually, where Jerry just told them to go backwards. So they're just running backwards instead of turning around. And it, it looks very si- silly to see two blindfolded people backwards running as fast as they can. Yes. Uh, and there's a moment where they have to fill the buckets with water and both of the uh guides which were jerry and nick i believe yes uh were just yelling fill the bucket fill the bucket fill the bucket fill the bucket it seems like they got it i don't don't know i didn't seem like they needed more instructions after they got to the water maybe they maybe it was to tell them it was full Uh, i wasn't positive about why they both felt the need to yell that I noticed that Jerry kept saying, fill the wheelbarrow. She did, yes. Yeah. Maybe she was thinking, wanting them to fill some other thing over there. <laughs> Maybe there was a wheelbarrow over there, and they kept filling the wine barrel instead. That I have to believe that's what it was, and maybe that confused them, which is why Colby ends up just throwing the entire bucket of water on Jerry in anger, in absolute anger at the end of the challenge. Yeah, I think we got this is our second Colbster meltdown of the episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But it seems like Jerry either didn't take it that way or takes it in stride or just enjoyed the water anyway. But it didn't seem like she took it that Colby was pissed at her. No, it totally seemed like she thought it was a funny joke. Like like they put the Gatorade on the coaches at the end of the football games. That's right. what this was to her. She's like, oh my gosh, team, what are you doing? Right. We lost. And Colby was, for some reason, irate. He really looked so mad at her, which made no sense to me because it was really close. Ogakor almost won this challenge. Um, and it, it just seems like a stretch to blame the loss on Jerry, who did at least similar similarly to uh to nick on at least in terms of like quality of like guiding the people yeah if anybody takes the blame for this one i think it's amber who just can't find the table at the end (laughs) and jerry's like it's behind you and jerry's very confused or uh, amber's very confused and at the end of the challenge she's just standing there with the basket not knowing what to do and it's pretty pretty funny yeah And then we're going to go to day 18, which is going to be the day of the shocking event of this episode. On Ogakor, they're 
talking about getting ready for the immunity challenge because they know that if they lose, they're going to be down six to four going into the merge and Kucha's just going to pick them off one by one. But Colby and Jerry are actually kind of on the same page that they don't want to give up if they end up losing and, and being down four to six. Colby says that, you know, he's not going to give up. He says that's not happening with this kid. Jerry says that she's going to try to finagle her way in with the other tribe rather than just lay down and die. And I feel like Jerry and Colby could talk about that they both aren't going to give up and maybe make something happen, but they're like so far apart, yeah. like actually in in physical distance from each other mm-hmm. because Jerry walks off so far. <laughs> yeah. Is wait, is this the interview where she's just laying on the rock and they are yes. showing how far away she is yes. from everybody? Yeah. 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 They both. There's something stirring there, but we're we're struggling to make sparks here. Uh. I also noted Jerry said there was a weird tension at the camp after that challenge, and it, it doesn't seem weird to me. It, they've lost all the every single game almost, and there's always a tension when they get back. There's a tension when there's not a game. They, these people are not fans of each other. Yeah, that's true. I didn't uh, I didn't <laughs> note that, but yeah, they're they're gonna get lucky, I think, and not have to do a uh, 10th immunity or a 6th immunity challenge and they're going to get the 5-5 you know 5-5 split on Kucha and Ogakor at the merge that they wanted so and Kucha knows this too at the end of this they talk about how they were pretty likely to win this last immunity challenge they're much more together than Ogakor is but that was not to be I would love to know what the challenge was going to be, but we don't get to we don't get to see that because over on Kucha we get some quiet scenes, some sounds of nature, some animal sounds, and we get some camera shots of the fire, which is going to be a main character in this scene. And then a lot we of just smoke coming out of it. Yeah, and then we just hear a yow, loud yell from someone but we can't see it on camera, which I think is for the best. I'm glad they didn't get this initial scene on camera. I doubt they would have shown it even if they had gotten it. I was surprised they showed as much as they did, honestly. I did not know you could show that on TV. Mike's hands. Yeah. 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 Yeah, his hands are very much, like, burnt, and his fingers are kind of, like, parts of it, the skin is just, coming off and it's just awful yeah i will say based on how it was filmed i was actually a little relieved to see it was just his hands that took the brunt of uh the damage because we were just hearing that people were just yelling like he fell in the fire he fell in the fire and we were just seeing mike's back basically as he tossed himself in the sand and and tried to make his way to the water so i was just imagining like oh my gosh this guy is his face still gonna be on there like this is insane we have he we need to see the front of him and he finally turns around and then it's you know it's still horrifying because there's several hands of skin it looks like uh wrapped around his hands and and kind of peeling off of them and he's you know he's he's obviously in horrible horrible agony uh and the water's not helping really probably making it worse I bet it's helping a little bit. I think he did the right thing going to the oh, water. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because 
I've always heard that even when your hands or your your body isn't exposed to the flames anymore, it could your skin could be still burning, and the water will, of course, like help prevent any further damage. So I think he did the right thing, but it probably. I think it probably made it hurt more just because it's covered in dirt water now. Maybe, yeah. That, uh, that water was dirty, as Kimmy told us that she didn't want to go in there because uh, she didn't trust it. So, yeah, it's not yeah. clean water. <laughs> A little shampooy, too. Yeah. That can't feel good. Right. And he says basically what happened is he was blowing on the fire mm-hmm. and then he took an inhale of smoke and just passed out, which that's so scary that that could just happen like that with somebody who's very in tune with the outdoors and has been presumably doing the, these types of things for for yeah. 18 days now yeah uh right it i mean imagine if he was there by himself like that could happen to literally anybody he was just who hasn't blown into a fire before right i've had every fire i sit by i get smoke in my face Mm-hmm. If I'm just like sitting the wrong way, yeah, that's terrifying. You could just pass out. And yeah, I'm sure it wasn't just the smoke that made him pass out. I mean, they're probably all exhausted to some degree, even though they have food. I mean, they're out in the sun, they're tired, they've been they do a lot of work out there. They're they need a shower, you know, it's just like uh it all those things plus breathing in that smoke and yeah, it was lights out for Michael. I still think it was probably a freak accident. I would be surprised if something like that happened again. Although I would actually guess contestants are prob- probably briefed on that after after that incident just to avoid that happening again because it can just happen so easily. Every team's going to have a fire. Right, and it's going to be hot in, you know, it's mm-hmm. presumably going to be hot a lot of the time. And Mike yeah. did talk about earlier in this scene how he caught fish a couple of fish but it was so hot and the fish like i don't know died in this can the tin can that he had put them in he like didn't put enough water in there i don't know why that was important because they end up eating the fish anyway later uh but yeah there was something that they included that mike was saying how hot it was that day so right um, yeah there's got to be more to it than just the the smoke i think he was probably not thinking as clearly as he would have been normally Mm mm-hmm and so that they basically are waiting for medical to arrive to him in the water. They're all telling him to stay strong. They're all pretty stressed out about this, understandably. And he's in so much pain and he's just like grunting and moaning and yelling. And it's quite hard to watch at times. Yeah. He's and he is he doesn't know what even what to do. Like he's just like, Oh good, they're here. Tell me what to do. Like I'll do whatever like he just wants it to be better. He does not want to be standing there with his hands coming off of his hands. And it was it was so easy to put myself or to feel for him in that situation. Cause I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I'd just be like, Please just put me under. Don't make me stay awake through this. Don't let me stay conscious through this experience. Right. And I think the way that they film this scene and show this scene is so good because it doesn't seem like they cut it at all. It seems like they just let it roll and then mm-hmm. they just put the like plop the whole thing in the episode, which makes yeah. it feel more real than like if it's cutting from, you know, somebody talking to the camera or somebody talking to like l- later that day or the next day or something. It's everything is just one shot. It did feel like that, but at the same time, a helicopter comes in in the episode, so that 
that must have taken you know at least a few minutes and it happened pretty quickly so i i i do wonder if they did if they didn't skip ahead at least a little bit yeah maybe a little bit but it does feel there's a lot of parts of it where it feels like it goes straight through yeah and i think there's a lot of talk during this scene where like nick and some other members of kucha are like talking to production telling them maybe what happened if they saw more of this than even the camera crew or the production did and i feel like at one point even nick says something like oh like terry's over here he you know got burned and there's no terry on kucha so i think they're naming the production people dropping the facade that they're just like cameras without people running them that there actually is a crew behind survivor yeah it's interesting that they would be okay with just blatantly letting us know that the survivors know the names of other people beyond the scope of all of you know the survivors and jeff probst like do they have relationships with these people are they friends with the cameramen uh when the when they turn off maybe the cameramen were like giving them beef jerky throughout this whole season and (laughs) they've become very friendly with them oh no oh the conspiracy continues and Mike is going to wait for a little bit for the medical team to get there and they're going to wrap up his hands, thank goodness, so that Ugh. we don't get any more shots of them in the episode. And he's going to he's pretty much panicking and he's like do whatever, like shoot me with drugs, like I'll do it. I'll yeah. do whatever. I'll take the pain without drugs if you say so. And it's like this man is not in the right state of mind saying that he might not need to take anything for this. This is madness. I think he just wants to get it whatever needs to be done over with and he he wants it to be done because it has to be so horrifying and uncomfortable to just stand there what do you what do you do with your hands like your hands are really important when they're on your body it's like he's just holding them there he doesn't know what to do he can't touch anything they hurt just holding them out (laughs) right so they're gonna give him an anesthetic that he's gonna breathe in and this is gonna I think this is going to calm him down a little bit and make him a little little high for the rest of the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it gets really uh, kind of sweet from here on out, so I would say so. Yeah. And so the helicopter is going to arrive, and they're going to take Mike. First, they take him to camera camp, which gets a, a location on the lower part of the screen. And then they're going to joke around that... Mike has asked to be transferred to Okakor, and so they're gonna take they're gonna take him to a different tribe. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really make sense, but yeah. Yeah, I I appreciated the joke from whoever that yeah. person on the medical <laughs> team was, um, and then Roger is gonna tell Mike that he'll keep the tribe in line for him while he's gone, and Mike wants to see everybody in his vision he's basically asking like where's roger and roger's gonna joke about how he thought he was gonna go fishing and then he's like where's elizabeth and he just wants to like lock eyes with these people who he says he's looking at some brave beautiful people who i have just grown to love so much and uh you know he's a little high but i think this is true he's very sweet here yeah whether he's high or not, uh, I, if, I feel like his tribe was very receptive to the words he had to say, and they they really took it to heart, uh, especially Elizabeth here and Jeff at, later as he says they're going to slaughter 
Ogakor as the tribes merge or whatever he says. Yeah, Elizabeth and Jeff have a couple different responses to this <laughs> where Elizabeth is more like the heartfelt touching side of the whole thing and then Jeff is like we're on a mission to kill everyone now yeah for Jeff it's like our tribe needs to get revenge on the fire by destroying Ogakor mm-hmm. yeah. and Survivor I don't I don't get the connection well there was a fire at Ogakor's camp that was oh. around them so maybe that's mm-hmm. it they also use fire. That's dangerous. That could hurt. Well, I mean the forest fire. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah. They just they brought this upon Mike. They were like, "Be gone, forest fire." <laughs> Get Mike instead. And Mike says to the tribe, "You know what to do." And he just leaves them, and everyone's crying as the helicopter carries Mike away and out of the game. Yeah, saying you know what to do is definitely pretty open-ended because I don't think they they did know what to do. Mm-hmm. Are but they supposed they... to kill them? Are they supposed to <laughs> yeah. just try to win? What are they going right. they supposed to do? It's it really was up to everyone's interpretation and we saw one of those interpretations in this episode. Yeah. And at this point, did you expect that they would still have an immunity challenge to do with the five of them? Um no, I didn't, because I felt like there wasn't enough time in the episode to do an immunity challenge and a tribal council. But also, it would have felt so like awkward to do an immunity challenge after this. Everyone's very emotionally charged, both tribes. And if I was Ogakor, I would feel kind of bad about like trying really hard against Kucha just because they've lost a friend, and they're down a man, and it's unfair. Right. Yeah, and we're not going to get an immunity challenge here. And instead, Ogakor is going to get mail. And everybody thinks it's mail for the challenge, and they all start cheering when Jerry runs back with it. Yeah. But Jerry is a little disturbed by yeah. this note. And she says, you know, when she opens it, she says, oh no. And then she walks back and tells them that one of the Kucha members has been evacuated and that there was an accident at the Kucha camp, and so there's no immunity challenge, and they're all going to move on to the merger as the five of them. Yeah, this kind of... Hearing this news kind of puts Ogakor in a bit of a, a difficult situation because technically for their chances on the show, like that is actually good news for them that this happened to Mike and they're able to move forward freely because they were going to lose. They lose every challenge. They were definitely going to lose. But I think they all reacted pretty respectfully and they at least faked that they felt really bad about Mike. I'm sure plenty of them probably did, but I think Jeff was actually right when he was like, yeah, they're probably pretty relieved right now. You could kind of feel that vibe amongst them. Yeah, I did enjoy... I went back and watched parts of this and I enjoyed knowing what Mike uh, knowing what Jeff was going to say about how Ogakor would probably respond and then watching how Ogakor responds and Amber's like pretty immediately like oh my god and then she's like so does this mean that we're <laughs> five on five now like she does immediately start going to like the game part of this result it's really clear uh, where a lot of their priorities lie yeah. Well, Amber hopes that he somebody broke something and didn't get bitten by a snake. Mm. But mm. but Jerry thinks it might be better if like it might be less painful if somebody got bitten by a snake. 
yeah, depending on the snake, you might actually get to stay in the game. So, right. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit confusing. I don't know. Would you want somebody to have a broken bone? Could they stay in the game? Which is less painful? I don't know. I, I think I could probably imagine an injury that's way less bad than getting bit by a snake or breaking a bone, to use as uh, an example of something I wish could have happened instead of him being burned. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to get kind of everybody on, on a banana peel sorry I've, there's one right there a banana peel there you go yeah. like mario mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um we're gonna get most of the kucha members reactions to this in the aftermath and elizabeth is hit very hard by this uh event i mean they're all hit hard but i feel like elizabeth was very emotional about this and she really enjoyed that he was locked his eyes Mm -hmm. his eyes were locked on theirs while he was being carried off she felt the camaraderie with Mm -hmm. mike as he was carried away and roger says that they're going to either win or lose as a team unless someone jumps boat on them uh, which i love jumps boat instead of jump ship i hadn't heard jumps boat before Uh, but he doesn't think that anybody on kucha is gonna side with ogakor now Right. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think this is conversely a very good thing for Kucha. For that reason, I think they do, through this experience, have a certain level of camaraderie and they feel like in some ways they owe it to uh, Mike to do really well and form an alliance and preserve the team. So as we look forward to the merge in season two, do you feel that we're in a different spot here in season two than we were in season one, in which one tribe in season one was aligned together and the other tribe wasn't. What do you think about the two tribes that we have here in Australia? Uh, yeah, it's it's there's some similarities here. I think Kucha in, is uh, kind of pretty similar in the fact that it's it is an alliance and they're trying to come into this as an alliance and they're pretty unified on that. I think they are more unified than, uh, was it Pagong? No, it was, what was the other one? Tagi. Tagi. Then Tagi was in season one, uh, because I think there were two people on Tagi that at least two that weren't part of that four or five man alliance. Kucha after this crazy event, I feel like they're going to have everybody and, not only that, they're probably not going to want to let anyone else into that. They feel like they have a mission now uh, because of this unifying uh, event. Who do you think is most likely on Ogacore to... Because if you have five on Kucha, like they might not want to pull anybody in for the long term, but who do you think is the most likely Ogacore person to join that five to make a 6-4 in the first vote? Uh, well, Jerry has already said that she might try to uh, if she can. So I can see that happening pretty quickly if if that is able to happen at all. Right. Yeah, so we look forward to the merge. Here's where we get Jeff talking about how he thinks they were definitely going to win the last immunity challenge and mm-hmm. that they were they were going to go in up 6-4. And then he, he says, We're going to kill him. We're going to eat them up and spit them out. And that's the way Mike would want it to be. It was the last thing he said to us before he left. 
and it's exactly what we're going to do. I don't remember him saying that. I think he just said, you know what to do. And then Jeff filled in so many blanks with whatever he felt was appropriate. Well, you said, Scott, that he left a lot to interpretation and the you know what to do. <laughs> and here we see the results of that. Yeah. Maybe Je- maybe Mike had a conversation with them earlier, like a secret conversation where he's like, listen, guys, if I get kicked off the show for any reason, I need you to kill them and eat them. And okay. spit them out. And spit them out, of course. Don't be disgusting. Yeah. And then we're going to get a very touching prayer from Roger around their candles uh, that night before dinner. And this, I feel like, was a much better prayer than Mike's <laughs> prayer earlier in the season. And we pray, dear Lord, that you will be with him as he undergoes surgery. We pray that you will be with the doctors, uh, give them the knowledge and the experience and the wisdom uh, to fix his hands so that they will be once again returned to normal. We just pray that, that you will be with him, be with his family, and we just ask that uh, uh, you would bless them and uh, give them strength. And uh, we would ask, dear Lord, that you would also uh, bless the ones remaining here in this group and uh, ask that you would be with us and give us your guidance and also your strength and your support. For in your son's holy name we ask it. Amen. Amen. I don't know if it's great to compare, but I do think this one seemed a lot more aimed at God and uh, the well-being of a person, and it seemed a lot better intentioned. So maybe I do agree, actually, that <laughs> it's a way better prayer now that I say this all out loud. Yeah, you tried to hedge a little bit there, but it's not really... Uh, ah, I don't think it. it's very close here. <laughs> and then we're going to get scenes from the next episode, and... Word, uh, I think final words from Mike or whatever, but they just play like a different confessional from Mike while, while he was on the show about how the longer you're here, the longer you want to stay here. And he says it's not even about the winning as much as playing. And he says the winning will be anticlimactic. The playing mm. is where it is for Mike. So he made a bold prediction that when he wins the game, it will not be as great as playing it. And uh, I hope that's true because he does not win. So I hope he actually felt that way. Maybe they'll let him come back on a future season. Maybe. We know, we don't really know how Survivor does with uh, all the 40 seasons that they have. Anything could happen. Is there maybe a season where injured players that were kicked off are able to rejoin... Maybe they'll like fly him in on hel- on a helicopter, and and then it will just like continue the. It'll just be like he went away for however however many years, and then he comes back on the same helicopter. Oh, and, yeah, that'd be fun. I think I'm into that. Yeah, and the scene. There's not much in the scenes from next episode. Uh, just that they're gonna merge, and the game is starting, and Jeff is noticing Ogakor pointing at the people that he thinks that they want to vote out. And with that, that's it for episode six. But we do need to get your newest winner pick. And right. you were talking about Jerry and Jeff being unlikable and having to decide between the two of them potentially. Where have you landed in your winner pick for this season? Oh, man. I have to stick with my guns here. I vote for the people I like the least. That's how I'm doing this. And. I'm making a, a decision right now. Uh, I want 
I think Jerry's going to win. She's my winner pick. All right, Jerry Manthe, winner pick number three on this season. You continued the trend this week of picking the person who <laughs> got eliminated immediately. So oh, no. you, you somehow manifested this event happening to Mike 20 years oh, later. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. And I think that's it for episode six. Scott, we've made it to the merge of your second Survivor season. Yeah, I can't believe I've made it this far. It it seems a little rushed just because we didn't get that final challenge and vote to usher in the the merge, but what's happened has happened and we're going to go forward and it's going I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I I don't have really any people in particular that I want to see win but I have a lot that I want to see lose. And I think for that reason, I'm going to keep watching. All right. Yeah, you've survived this long. So we'll see if you survive the merge of season two. Mm -hmm. So thank you, everybody, for listening and uh, sticking with us uh, during this the harrowing events of this episode with Mike falling into the fire and Jerry comparing Colby to chocolate. It's a lot for all of us. Uh, trust mm. me. So uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at SS Survivor Pod. And we hope to see you here. Hey, Brandon. Yeah. What's up, Scott? Did you know that CVS follows our Twitter account? Our on Twitter, Twitter account? Ours, yeah. Wow. How do you know that? Uh, I've, I've, I've actually, you're not going to believe this. I've brought this up in the past. Oh. Oh, man, I guess I just black out during all of our episodes. Oh, me too. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, be like CBS and follow us on Twitter. We really enjoy, well, we being I, really enjoy interacting with the Twitter um, Twitter universe of Scott Survive Survivor fans and followers because Scott is not allowed to uh, look at that because there's often spoilers that you, you guys uh, tweet at us, and uh, I don't want... I don't want Scott knowing any spoilers through the Twitter. So, um, yeah, keep following us over there. Keep tweeting at us when we post episodes. Love hearing from all of you. So that'll do it for episode six, and we'll be back here again next time with episode seven. And until then, take care. See ya.